Welcome to the Business of Criminal Law podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jordan Ostroff. Jordan is a personal injury attorney in Florida and the president of Legalese Marketing, a consulting firm helping lawyers grow their firm and live a better life. I really enjoyed my conversation with Jordan. Jordan talked to me about how to go the extra mile for your clients, for your employees, and for your referral partners. He's a generous person who's gone the extra mile for me many times since we met on LinkedIn. Our conversation starts with a story about helping a client get a job. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I had a client um, reach out. I was representing him on some like disorderly conduct, intoxication charges, and he was interviewing for a job and he reached out to me and he said, I got the job, but the HR manager found out about the case that you're representing me on, and they're not going to hire me unless you um, write them a letter and explain what's going on. And um, I was kind of in the middle of trying to change my mindset around this. And in the past, I would have been like, dude, I'm, I'm busy. Like, I'm not your HR lawyer. I'm not your job coach. Like, I don't know what to tell you. There'll be a week, you know. But I was like, look, I can do this. So I just went out in the hall. I was at court, went out in the hall and wrote up a letter on my laptop and sent it to the HR person. And he was just like so grateful and went on like eight different uh, lawyer review websites and left me a review. So sometimes it's not systematic. It's just like looking for those little opportunities to to just delight them, to go the extra mile, to to light them up. And and to be fair, I mean, I think that you, I, I think the benefit that you had was you didn't expect him to go and do that. You did that because it was right and you want to do the extra thing for him, which made it impact him that way. Yeah. I think that a lot of lawyers look at like, well, yeah, I'll do this for you if you'll do blah, blah, blah for me. Mm. And that's just not going to be the way to go about it. That's so true. I, I really feel like that quid pro quo kind of changes the nature of that kind of exchange. Like if it's, you know, just people, the friends taking care of friends or family taking care of family, it's one thing. If you start charging for certain stuff, it gets weird, you know? And so like, if you're basically paying people for reviews, it kind of taints the reviews and they don't, they don't mean as much. But if you're just trying to find ways to, to exceed their expectations, then that can be huge. In your own firm, how do you teach your staff, associate attorneys, how do you help them learn how to do this? And what are some things that they've tried? That's a great question. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it sort of has to be the core function of your firm. You know, it has mm. to be in that, that culture. I always tell people, I look at brand as your external culture and then culture is your internal brand. Mm. So you're trying to make everybody look at you as the go-to you know, end all be all attorney, then you want to make sure that your internal culture supports that, that you've got mm. the right people in the right seats who care about their job, who are willing to go the extra mile. And so like we do one of our employee evaluation uh, KPIs is based off of the five-star reviews that mention them by name. So it's one thing, not just for the attorneys, for reception, for paralegal, for customer service rep, for whatever it is, because that gives them the benefit and then we empower them to have the opportunity to do that extra, whatever it is. You know, mm. I, I love your example of sending um, letters out for job stuff. You know, we've had a couple of times where former clients have come back and talked about like a case still showed up on their background check or they were having some credit issues from it. And then, you know, we were able to refer them to a, um, a consumer protection attorney who then looked into it and found out that they actually have a case there which the damages will be pretty low, but at least it's something where the attorney's office can then send out letters to a bunch of the major uh, reporting agencies to fix some of the issues that shouldn't have been there. That's a great one. I'd never thought about that one. That's a really good idea. 
Um, so let me tell you something that I've done and, and tell me what you think about it. You're feel free to say, Josh, that's a terrible idea, but, <laughs> I um, it, but I will, if it strikes that way. So I, um, so what I've started to do is, um, I don't say I will do blank if you leave me a review, but if I can tell that somebody's really just like pleased, if they're like, Hey, thank you so much for doing that. I, that was so cool of you. I'll go. I appreciate that. Hey, if you feel comfortable. Would you feel comfortable leaving me a Google review? If you're not comfortable, don't feel like you have to do it. But is that something that you'd be okay doing? And people are like, oh, man, I would love, yes, I, you know, I'm totally going to leave you, you a review. What do you think about that? Do you think that kind of crosses that line into kind of quid pro quo? Or is that something that you guys do or do a version of? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's absolutely what firms should be doing. I think you have to ask, but I think you need to do it in the right way. So, you know, it's, for example, if your case is over and you figure that for the most part, your clients will have an issue at like the 30 day mark. So you want to contact every client 30 days after the case is over and, and check in, mm. Hey, how is this going? Is there any issues with this? You have issues checking in with probation. You're having issues with finding community service, whatever it is. And then that conversation leads to, is there anything my firm can do better for you? No, it was great. It was wonderful. Thanks so much. Okay. Well, knowing that, would you be willing to share, you know, some of that story on Google? Um, you really have to make that the end of the conversation, not the open of the conversation, really not even the purpose right. of the conversation. I mean, that's the ideal outcome, but you need to be genuinely caring about them. Yeah. I think that's, that's, I like that last part that you said about it being genuine. Like people can spot the kind of fake over the top, insincere kind of behaviors. So if you can be legitimately kind to them and uh because you care about them and show that caring then it's gonna it's gonna lead to better relationships with your clients yeah and it's it's funny to me so i mean i'm a big proponent of automation for so many things there are certain things i think that you have to do personally but i think the automation gives you more time to make those personal moments Mm. so in some respects i've actually found it easier to get reviews from clients off the automated stuff because they don't feel like they're being put on the spot. They don't feel mm. like we're them out. They don't feel like we're going to know if they don't do it. And so the, they'll go through it. And then when we do that follow-up call, I, you know, I have the office check beforehand. I'm like, oh, thank you so much for leaving this review. It was wonderful. I want to make sure, you know, you still think we're a five-star firm, that there's not anything else we can do. And they'll like read them back some of their language. And so it's just been crazy to see the uh, responses from some of that stuff. Hmm. Something that I would change about my early kind of years of practice is that I was very like, I knew what our bank account balance was all the time. You know, like I was very aware of that. (laughs) And if somebody made a large payment, that made me feel really good. And if they didn't, then I felt kind of crummy, you know. Um, But uh, at a certain point, I started kind of, like you said, the KPI became Google reviews. That's kind of what we we don't use KPI language. We're not as sophisticated. But um, that's what I kind of measured my success in a given week on was how many people wrote me a five-star Google review. And let me tell you something. It had an almost immediate and positive impact on the finances. So when we just stopped focusing so much on the finances, but focused on the thing that we could control, which was serving our clients, it made a huge difference in it. And it was surprising how quickly it, it turned around. Yeah. Can I can jump in with a non-legal story that I that sits with me? Yeah. So um, it's one of the things we talk about, you know, what numbers do you track? And so in this, in this context, I don't know if this is real or not, but it has always sat so well with me. They talk about a um, supermarket. Mm. So, let's say week one supermarket comes in and they're looking at how many items each cashier scans per minute. And now the cashiers are incentivized to double scan some items to get those extra numbers up. 
So they, <laughs> that's their problem. So now they go and they're like, all right, well, we want to track how many people get through your line in an hour. And that will incentivize you to scan the right stuff. And then they start scanning things to get people through faster. And so it's really interesting to see sort of the impact that some of those things will have on the, on the firm and the impact, mm. impact on people, which is why I think if you go back to one of those things being, can they get five-star reviews that mention them by name? That means you have to be responsive. You have to be pleasant. You have to get stuff back soon. You have to do it right. You have to take the extra stuff. You have to remember the client's name. You know, there's a million small things that really come into providing that impact. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So measuring something can actually lead to like a perverse effect or an opposite effect if it's not the exact right thing. Yeah. I mean, think about, you know, if you're looking for your receptionist and you're tracking the number of calls that get missed every day, well, then that incentivizes them to get off the phone as quickly as possible, which means they may not be treating people the right way. You right. know, if you're incentivizing your paralegal to turn over a certain number of documents every day, then maybe that means they're not going the extra mile on them. They're not dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. And so, you know, there's a way to, you got to find the right numbers. I have just found that the focusing on the client experience means we did great work for a fair price in a quick time or, you know, as quick as possible, hopefully. Yeah. When you work with um, firms, do you find that this is something that they often track or is it something that you, you kind of push them towards making it one of their key indicators? Oh, I, to be honest, I stole that, I think from Molly McGrath. Uh Um, And I have not seen many attorneys do it. I don't know if you know Molly. I don't. I'm writing her name down now to make sure that I find out who she is. I'll I'll connect you after, but um, Molly runs a a podcast and does a lot of stuff about hiring and uh, hiring and empowering solutions as her podcast. So she talks about the hiring process and how you cover employees and what you, you know, put them through and the meetings you should have and where all those things were. Um, and that was one of the things that sat with me so well from what she talked about. I have not seen it um, which mu- with any consistency at firms. Hmm. Something that we did when we were trying to kind of move in this direction because it was a big culture change. It wasn't just me that I, I had to change my behavior, but also my staff did. Um, we had a whiteboard in our kind of little bullpen area. And um, we kept track of how many five-star Google reviews we got. And our goal was to get to like 100 or something by the end of the year. And we celebrated when we changed the number and we got like really excited about it. Like, oh, we got number 98. We're so close, you know? And so um, I think it made my, like, there's key, there's key indicators that I could make my staff follow, but that they wouldn't be that excited about, you know? This was one that they loved. They really enjoyed it. And it was motivating to them and it made them have some pride in their work versus feeling like uh, we just got to be more efficient and this is making our job less fun. And the crazy thing to me is like, I mean, I'm sure there's people listening here who have a thousand reviews. I'm sure there's people listening that have 10. Yeah. You know, I like, I like that hundred number, you know, as, yeah. as a good goal for most people. But if you've been around for five years, that's 60 months. So a hundred reviews is less than two reviews per month. And if you're cycling through, you know, five, 10, 20, 50 cases a month, that's a small percentage of your clients leaving you a review. Hmm. Can, is, is there a systematic way that you found to kind of figure out what moves that needle? Like what are the kinds of things that just like impact clients more than most, you know, cause you can only do so much in a day. You got to prioritize what you focus your attention on. In terms of getting the review or in terms of the client experience? Yeah, maybe both. Cause I bet they're related, but either one. So getting the review, I think the biggest thing is asking, you know, mm-hmm. having a system to make it easy on them. Um, I'm a big fan of texting them your Google, my business review link. 
So if you go to Google My Business page, in the middle of the first page, there's a link that will take them directly to leave you a review. They have to have a Google account, but then they don't have to search you on Google and then click a review and then click write a review and then and then go yeah. through it. Um, I think that's the biggest thing to move the needle for a lot of firms is the actual ask. Uh, in terms of the client experience, that's going to be a very specific question on the firm. So the easy thing to do is, again, ask, but this time ask the client, you know, what did we do that was great? What can we be better at? Where do we exceed your expectations? And sometimes you're going to get answers that you hate because they're negative, but uh, tis better to get those answers and be aware of them than not get those answers and make the same problem over and over again. Yeah, uh, there's, uh, I'm sure there's this metric that you've probably heard of called net promoter score. And there's kind of two ways to improve your net promoter score. One is to help the people who just hate you stop hating you. So I like that your question is kind of on both ends. Like, what did we do that really bugged you, that you really did not like? And then eliminating that. And then the second really powerful way is to do those unexpected extra mile uh, gestures and that's going to, so the people in the middle are going to kind of stay in the middle, but you got to get rid of those people who are just like, I freaking hate Josh Barron. And I, you know, I want to, I'm going to go on every website and leave him a bad review. And I've had people like that and it's my fault and not their fault. And then there's the, and then trying to look for those people that you're, that are your promoters and really giving them some juice to do that. Well, so uh, two things along those lines. One, if you're doing NPS scores, please, dear God, ask clients on a scale of one to five not one to 10. Oh, yeah? I have no idea why net promoter scores are normally one to 10, but then reviews are always one to five. Uh, so your nine out of 10 might be a four to five, which you probably don't want. Your nine out of 10 might be a five out of five, which you do mm-hmm. want. So make it aligning with the reviews. Um, but the other thing is a lot of times I think your two to four star reviews are going to give you better feedback. Yeah. I think your one star reviews are people that, that hate you on an emotional level for some reason. I think your five-star reviews are people that love you on an emotional level for some reason. And the ones in the middle are, will, will share the, look, was excellent with everything except blank. Mm, you know, or honest. Yeah. Yeah. Or these were the three pros. These were the three cons. So it was, you know, three to five stars. I mean, that's where you're going to get, I think the, the easiest true feedback to make those small tweaks, which could have drastic impact. Yeah, this isn't necessarily about net promoter score this episode, but the only thought that I have about why, that's a really interesting idea to do it on a one to five scale. The only reason I might kind of think about maybe some putting something in the pro column of the one to 10 is so you can you can compare to other industries and other, and other companies, you know, and kind of see, you know, where do we line up compared to other people who run this kind of uh, kind of test? What do you think about that? If you've got law firms spending the money to make the cross legal business analysis, then they've got the money to solve a bunch of other things. But from a <laughs> from a normal law firm owner, you know, bootstrapping and duct taping everything together, that one to five that then hopefully leads you to all five star reviews is going to have the impact on your bottom line. Well, when I first did my net promoter score, um, I had a really, really low score. And uh, I asked my paralegal, so she, I think it was like 22. And I was like, is that, is that good? And she like, like wouldn't answer me and was like mumbling and kind of like backing out of the room, you know? And I was like, wait a second, is that good? And so I Googled it and took me a minute and I found out that it's like, it's right around how people feel about their like cell phone carrier. So it's like how much you hate T-Mobile, that's how much people hated me. Like people really, a lot of my clients did not like me. And so it gave me something to kind of shoot for and to say, okay, I'm not going to treat them the way T-Mobile treats me. I'm going to 
not that this is an anti-T-Mobile podcast either, but but I'm going to try and treat them more like Amazon and some of these other companies that really excel on Net Promoter Score. So, gave me something to inspire, to something to inspire me, and also something to say like I got to shape up. So, and to your credit, I am like I, I you shared that on uh, LinkedIn a while ago, and that has so that has stuck with me because I don't think <laughs> anybody else has the. Uh, backbone to really air their dirty laundry like that but They're obviously bad. <laughs> in a very in a very good way and to show how far you've come uh yeah well i love i love all this um any other stories that come to mind about great extra mile gestures they don't even necessarily have to be legal but um can you think of any others yeah look uh the other one that's super easy is people like being appreciated or mm. i should say 95 percent of people like being appreciated mm. and and I swear to you, a eight and a half by 11 nice cardstock piece of paper award will be framed and put on somebody's wall for a number of your clients. <laughs> so if a client refers you another client and you have your, you know, client appreciation award or your client of the month award or something like that, you know, that's going to go a long way. It might be different if the only cases you're handling are like sex assaults and whatnot from a criminal defense standpoint. But you know, in theory, or maybe maybe it's citizen of the month award. You know, maybe that's. <laughs> have you done that? Have you have you sent awards to your clients? I have not, but I've heard the story from a couple of them, and then um, well, I should say that we've done a referral um, of the of the month award or referral. Oh, that's cool. Award that's along cool. those lines. Um, I have tried to do the client ones and then the ones I picked were like, we'd rather not be involved in a video. <laughs> email or that, so. That's funny. I, you know, it's, uh, I've never really worked at a job that had an employee of the month award, but I secretly really want to like be an employee of the month. Like I'm actually really jealous of those like photos on the wall at the supermarket where they're like, this guy bagged the fastest or whatever. Um, well, and so, so we, we do an employee of the month and the best part, so don't get me wrong. It is difficult. It is difficult to pick who wins it every month because normally there's multiple people going above and beyond. Yeah. But when it comes time for me to explain why somebody got it, I literally just share what I want all my employees to do. Mm. And I was like, look, so-and-so did this and call these people back and track down these medical records. And when did this and had two reviews that mentioned them by name and yada, yada, yada. And like, it reinforces for everybody else exactly what we expect over and over again. Imagine being able to do that, you know, for the review standpoint, imagine being able to do that from the client experience, your employees provided the client. Um, it's, it's powerful. And we don't even have a paper award. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll institute that. I think you should. I think that'd be awesome. Um, I, I, something that I like about what you just, this kind of train of thought that we're on is that um, I think a lot of people think, all of my relationship building has to be with my clients. And that's an example of doing relationship building with mission critical people, your staff, you know? And so you don't just go the extra mile for your clients. You also need to go to the extra mile for your employees. And something that it took me years to realize is most of my referrals actually don't come from former clients. They come from other attorneys. And so I need to find ways to go the extra mile for those other attorneys um, have you, what have you seen or what have you done in terms of those kinds of referral partner relationships? Is there a good way to go the extra mile there that, that maybe, uh, people might not initially think of? So I am a horrendous example for this because the Florida bar does not follow the ABA rules on mm. the model rule. So most States working off the ABA rule, you can send a nominal gift. Mm -hmm. What nominal means, figure out your case law, ethics, opinions, whatever. 
Florida says you cannot send anybody anything of value for sending you a case. That mm-hmm. includes other attorneys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a number of Florida attorneys that I don't think have read this rule or don't understand. We're <laughs> consciously violating it. <clears throat> right. But like sending a bottle. Of, so technically, if you send a bottle of wine in Florida to another attorney, they are legally and ethically responsible for the case mm-hmm. because they've gotten something of value as fee splitting among attorneys. Um, so I send a thank you card and I right. pray to God that is not anything of value because <laughs> I don't think my signature is worth anything and it costs me money to send the card and they can't pull the stamp off. Um, and I also focus a huge part of that on not thanking them for the referral, but thanking them for being the person who goes out of their way to send referrals, to really uh. tap into that emotional pull of like, you talk to somebody who you couldn't help. And instead you were like, I'm going to find the right person for you. Right. And I'm honored that you did. I'm, I'm. It's amazing that you did that. I'm honored that you then picked me. Right. And so we try to do nice things for people we care about, unrelated to them sending cases. Yeah. Uh, through that, I will say the one thing I've been able to do on the marketing company side is send stuff to attorneys who refer us other attorneys for business. Mm. And the coolest thing that we have done that I highly suggest you steal if you are in a state where it's ethical. So, you know, attorney sends us their fellow referral source to do marketing for them. I'm like, hey, what are they like? I have no idea. So here's what's going to happen. One of our staff members is going to call their receptionist, their paralegal, something like that. Ask them, you know, what do you know about your boss? What do you know about the attorney that you work with? What do you know? Whatever. And then we send something nice to them as well as to the attorney. So the um, person who answers the phone gets a... $10 gift card to Target or to the local supermarket, something along those lines with a very nice thank you card for giving us that insight. The other person gets a gift that really uh, hopefully appeals to them based upon that information. And now I've got hopefully two people that like me. Awesome. Uh, did you read Giftology by chance? Uh, oh, yeah. But I, to be fair, I think somebody told me this before I read Giftology. <laughs> then I read Giftology. So I was like, yeah, this is great. This, 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 this does work. I love giftology. And so there's a couple of principles there that I think jive really well with that book. And so one of them is taking care of that attorney's inner circle. So rather than just sending the gift to the attorney, I love how you do something to show appreciation to the paralegal or secretary or assistant or whoever you talk to, because now that person is sort of an advocate for you with, with that boss, because they so rarely get that kind of appreciation shown to them. So that's fantastic. Um, and then, um, can you think of anything that like people have said they liked and you guys were able to send? Um, it's so personal to every person. And I think yeah. that the issue, like, I swear to God, don't send me a Yeti mug with your logo. <laughs> I have 50 of them. I can't give them away. I know yes. they're, and they're very expensive. They are. Though, like it is not a cheap, you know, uh, mug cup, whatever it is along those lines, but like, I don't do it. You know, I, yeah. I don't drink coffee. So coffee mugs do nothing for me, although I do have a really cool uh, mug that has Joey Vitale's face on it, but that's more of an inside joke than uh, a whole piece of swag. So yeah. you really have to figure out what they're going to like. Yes. The other thing, I am a big fan of don't send them things that will break. Yeah. So I like sending people food or uh, even flowers. Like we expect them to die, but it's not the best thing. So I like experiences. Hmm. Uh, whether that's restaurants, whether that's sporting events, whether that's going golf, whether that's whatever, because an experience shouldn't break. And yeah. at this point, if you can go back to what you said, loop in their inner circle. So, yeah. um, you know, you send a nice gift card to a favorite restaurant, 
spouse goes with them maybe the attorney's kind of cheap and this is the only way that spouse gets to go mm-hmm. nice super fancy dinner and now spouse wants to send you more business just as much yes. as attorney does or even more you know there's little things like that where you can turn a lot of these gift giving opportunities into two furs three furs four furs yeah one that we did um that was really fun was we got these um really nice wooden cutting boards and then we had the uh, recipient's last name on it and so it would say like the baron family or the ostroff family um and then my uh paralegal she's really a good rapper and so she made these beautiful wrapping kind of things and then we included a handwritten note and we sent them to like 30 or 40 people not all referral sources some were just like people that we admired and people we like working with and um and we got a really positive response to them i you know maybe they were just you know what are they going to say but like uh one guy who i hadn't had lunch with in a long time one of my law school classmates called me and he said you don't know this but i am a i'm a i love cooking i just love it and um every sunday i make bread for my family and normally i put it on this cheap like plastic cutting board uh but from now on i'm going to put it on the thing that says the our family name family and um this is going to be in our family for years thank you so much for this and we had a great breakfast and kind of reconnected because of that so it was really fun. you know what that exact same gift but the uh baron law firm or you know your oh. law versus their name on it would be taken much differently right right yeah i um yeah that book really convinced me to like brand it for them and brand it for what makes them cool not for what makes you cool because yeah that's a good point I want to thank Jordan for sharing so much of his wisdom on this podcast and on LinkedIn. You can connect with Jordan on LinkedIn, or you can check out his podcast, Exhibit A Attorney. I'd love to hear thoughts about this first episode of the Business of Criminal Law podcast. Please email me at baron.josh at gmail.com or leave a review on Apple or Spotify. Thanks so much for joining me.